Hello, hola, and kudichiwa. I am your host, Daniel Gumby Freeland, and this is the Prelim Primer, the one and only podcast fully dedicated to the curtain jerkers. Of course, we're talking about those fighting on the prelims of upcoming UFC fight cards. This weekend is UFC live from the Apex, UFC Vegas 44, Font versus Aldo, an exciting bantamweight tilt with title shot implications. But as you guys know, we will not be breaking down that fight or any other of the fights on the main card. Instead, we are looking just at the prelim portion of this card. Now, for those of you who might be new to the show and wondering, hey, why are we just breaking down the prelim portion? Why are we not looking at this exciting main event or, hey, even the co-main event between Brad Riddell and Rafael Fiziev, which is a really fun clash as well? And the answer we're not to why we're not breaking all of those down is, is really simple. We know you guys know who all of those are. You probably have your picks. You have got your places. You look for advice on those. But you probably don't have a lot of knowledge on these prelim fighters or a place to go for them. So we like to be that place because if you're betting, playing daily fantasy sports, or hey, maybe you just want to win a pick'em contest, this is the place to get that information to give you the edge. Now, speaking of getting the edge, I do need to mention that this episode of the Prelim Primer is brought to you by the All-Star app. These days, there are more previews, recaps, analysis, and podcasts than you even can shake a stick at. It's all too much. And when you're looking to get that edge, looking to get that insight... It can really be hard to block out the noise from what really matters, and that's why you should download the All-Star app, because they provide you with expert commentary from some of the most respected names in the sports world, yours truly included, and all of their incredible content is packaged right into an intuitive, fully interactive app right in the palm of your hands, and it's free. That's right, completely free. There are tons of other great features that I'll talk about a little bit later on in the show, but for right now, go download the All-Star app in either the Google Play Store in the App Store, or by visiting the theallstar.io. Now, we've reached the portion of the show where I usually introduce a co-host, but sadly this week, had a couple of different people lined up, and uh, they all wound up busy at the very last second, leaving me here on this Thursday evening to be taping on my own. Now, I've done this before, so hopefully you guys can stick with me a little bit and trust that this is just going to be as good as the previous show. It's just going to be a little weirder. So, uh, as always, I'm going to start each and every round by putting five minutes on the clock. And we're going to start this round by talking about Louis Smolka versus Vince Morales. So, Smolka, he won in, or two and one in his last three with a loss to Casey Kenny, sandwiched in between wins over Jose Alberto Quinanez and Ryan McDonald. Vince Morales, on the other hand, he's had a little bit of a rough stint in the UFC. He's won two out of his last five. Those wins, though, over Ayman Zahavi and Draco Rodriguez. He's coming off of the unanimous decision win over Draco Rodriguez. Now, the interesting thing for this fight for me is that Vince Morales seems to have a tough time with dudes who grapple with him. Uh, and on the other hand, Luis Smolka, a pretty good scrambler. The only problem is, is that Luis Smolka sometimes forgets what he should be doing out there. And... I'm a little bit worried about that here in this Vince Morales fight because if he doesn't go to the grappling early, I think the fight on the feet could wind up being a little bit more even, a little bit scarier for Smolka. And if I, I think if he doesn't go to the grappling early enough, it could potentially make grappling later harder because he's going to have trouble, you know, with the element of surprise. He's going to have trouble with, you know, cutting off those angles. He's he's going to be a little bit more tired. So I've got all of those worries, but at the end of the day, I'm still taking Smolka here. The reason I'm still taking him, I think ultimately he's got a slight edge on the feet. If he does choose to grapple, he's going to do very well here. So yeah, I'm going to go with Smolka over Vince Morales. I'll take him by decision, uh, but he is a finish-heavy guy, so I wouldn't be terribly surprised if he gets the finish. 
And that brings me to my second fight here, which is Azmat Mirzakhanov versus Jared Vandera. Mirzakhanov is making his UFC debut at 10-0, coming off of a contender series win over Matthew Scheffel. That, that win was by knockout and happened back in August. Jared Vandera, meanwhile, is 1-2 in his last three fights. He's got a win over Justin Taffa, but losses to Alexander Romanov and Sergei Spivak, both by ground and pound. Now, the interesting facet for me in this fight is that Osman Mirzakhanov, clearly a very good wrestler, clearly has the same path to victory as the two guys who have recently beat Jared Vandera. But the problem is, is he's a light heavyweight. He is coming up to heavyweight to take this fight on short notice. Now, Vandera is technically the fighter taking it on short notice, but Mirzakhanov was supposed to fight Felipe Linz, a heavyweight, at light heavyweight, as part of Felipe Linz's move down. So... He was preparing for a very different type of opponent. He was preparing to fight at 205, which is his natural weight class. So we're going to see him in kind of a weird middle ground here. But it, with that being said, kind of like with Smolka, I'm still taking Mirzakhanov with all of the hesitations there about the fact that he is moving up in weight. I think he's a better wrestler. I think his stockier stature might actually play better in getting to the legs of Jared Vandera. Um, but ultimately, I, I think he's got a lot of positives in that way and... I think people really sleep on his big left hand. He's got some big, powerful punching. Um, the range might be tricky with somebody so much bigger in Vandera, but I think he gets enough done in the wrestling department to win rounds, and I think he's got that big hand in case he needs it. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Mirzakhanov here. I see he gets the finish. TKO will go in. Number two, last fight of the first round, which is Claudio Puelish versus Chris Grutzmacher. So, Puelish lost the Ultimate Fighter finale all the way back in 2016. Since then... All he's done is rattle off three straight wins. One over Felipe Silva, one over Marcos Mariano, and most recently, somewhat surprisingly, over Jordan Levitt by decision. Grutzmacher, meanwhile, he's 2-1 in his last three. He lost Alexander Hernandez by getting knocked out in the middle there. But he did beat Joe Lozon and most recently put a very impressive performance on Hopfer Garcia. So my pick here officially is going to be Claudio Puelish. Um, while I was really impressed with Grutzmacher's win over Rafa Garcia... I just don't think he'll be able to put that kind of pace on Claudio Puelish and tire him out. Uh, and that really was his path to victory against Rafa Garcia, is just to have more volume, be in his face, make him work nonstop, and Garcia tired. I don't think you're going to see Puelish tired, and I also think he can match the striking and possibly even counter with the grappling. Puelish is a very talented grappler. We saw him, uh, after getting beat up for three rounds nonstop, pull off a knee bar. So he's got those submission skills pretty much any time he needs to go to them. Um, I'm not sold entirely on his wrestling, but I think the work at Sanford MMA has really done him justice. Because, I, I mean, like, he went out there and he outgrappled Jordan Levitt, who, who I'm really high on. I think Jordan Levitt is a really talented guy. So for him to go out there and him to kind of control Jordan Levitt that whole time, I think the grappling is going to hold up enough. I think Grutzmacher can put that pace up. You know, like he's going to continue to try to put up that pace. But I'm just not sure it works on a guy like Puelish. So I'm going to go Claudio Puelish here. I'm going to say he wins this one. Uh, we'll say by decision. I, I don't think he's necessarily going to get Grutzmacher out of there. So that's going to do it for the end of my first round. I'm going to take a quick break. I will be right back with round number two. All right, guys. One of my favorite features of the All-Star app. Look, it's got to be the player bios. If you are looking to do a little research, say, on an upcoming fight between Brad Riddell and Rafael Fiziev, well, you can click that fight, which is really easy to find, right in their scores tab under Saturday. You're not only going to get when that fight is happening, which, by the way, obviously Saturday, but you're also going to get the opening and current lines, which is really cool because then you can see how things are moving, what direction the sharps are bending on, 
And it's not just for the lines for the fight, but it's also for the total. So you get your overs and unders and where those lines have moved as well. It's making you a smarter better. And it's more than just betting lines too. They've got full records dating back to people's pro debuts. So much more information on all of your fighters. You can get it right there in the palm of your hand by downloading the All-Star app in either the Google Play Store, the App Store, or by visiting theallstar.io. All right, and we are back with round number two. I'm going to put another five minutes on the clock. And we're going to start this round by talking about William Knight versus Alonzo Menefield. So William Knight, he's two and one in his last three. He's Alexa Kamer, lost to Daun Jung by getting tripped about 700 times, and most recently knocked out Fabio Chirant. Menefield, meanwhile, on a two-fight winning streak, he also submitted the aforementioned Fabio Chirant and took a decision over Ed Herman. So this fight's actually been booked three times, which makes it uh, kind of annoying to break down because I'm pretty sure right here on this show, I've broken it down multiple times. But uh, I'll do it one more time for you guys and tell you uh, once again what me and actually any co-host who I've ever talked about uh, this fight with thinks about it. And the fact of the matter is I just think Alonzo Menefield is a guy who takes advantage of mistakes from less smart fighters. Um, and William Knight... He kind of makes a lot of mistakes. Even if you go back to his contender series fight with Cody Brundage, he wound up almost getting finished in that first round. He got put in a very bad position and wound up needing to just kind of like power out of it. And that that's kind of his thing. He's very physically strong. He's very physically gifted. But I don't think he's just going to be able to like outpower Alonzo Menefield, who is so freaking strong. So yeah, I think Alonzo Menefield puts him in a bad situation early on because, hey, it happens to William Knight. I just don't think William Knight gets out of it. So I'm going to go with Alonzo Menefield here. I think he gets this done, uh, we'll say, with a TKO. Uh, and that brings me to my second fight here in the second round, which is Mallory Martin versus Cheyenne Vlisma. So or you've probably previously known her as Cheyenne Bays. She's no longer Cheyenne Bays. She goes by Vlisma. So, so let's start with Mallory Martin, who is 1-2 in her last three fights. She lost to Vierta Janaroba beat Hannah Cyphers and lost to Pollyanna Viana all three of those fights both losses and the win by submission she's living by the sword she's dying by the sword Felice Moss meanwhile lost her UFC debut to Montserrat Ruiz bounced back with a very viral KO of Gloria DePaula by head kick just one minute into the first round which won her a performance bonus so a lot of people are in on the money here on uh on Felice Moss thinking you know hey she looked really good that last time out the head kick was big I'm selling on her here. I'm actually going with Mallory Martin, and the reason being is that Felice Moss had a lot of trouble grappling with Montserrat Ruiz. She got held down for pretty much 15 minutes as Ruiz took a decision, and, and we saw Montserrat Ruiz was not able to do that, or was, wasn't going to be predicted to do that against Mallory Martin. She was actually supposed to be the person fighting Mallory Martin here, was going to come as an underdog, and some reason the person she beat is coming in as a favorite and it's against a wrestler. Mallory Martin is a good wrestler. You know, you can say what you want about, you know, her results and what's been going down with submissions, but she takes people down very well. So I expect her to take down, kind of hold down Cheyenne Vlismas en route to a unanimous decision victory here. I think it's pretty easy pick and you can get plus money on it right now. So I would suggest going out there, getting the money on Mallory Martin because I think it's the smart play. And that brings me to my last fight here in the second round, and that is Jake Matthews versus Jeremiah Wells. So Jake Matthews recently had a three-fight win streak snapped by Sean Brady, who uh, obviously not only ascending the division very high, but is also the teammate 
of Jeremiah Wells, who is the one fighting right here. He made a short debut against Warley Alves and knocked him out in the second round with a big right hook, followed that up with some ground and pound. Very impressive victory for Jeremiah Wells. So the big question for me here is, you know, can Wells replicate any of the things that Sean Brady did? Obviously, the people coming out of Team Daniel Gracie have very good jujitsu. They do very good work on the ground. Great wrestlers. Jeremiah Wells just doesn't follow enough of that path for me to like him here against Jake Matthews. He kind of is a, he's a big power puncher. He likes to swing sometimes even a little bit wildly. Um, so with that being said, I think for that reason, I like Jake Matthews. He's a, as far as fighting somebody who gets a little reckless, Jake Matthews is a smart play against somebody like that because he takes people down. He controls people. He's a very smart fighter on the feet. He doesn't take unnecessary punches. He's safe. He's good defensively. Uh, obviously that doesn't work against a guy like Sean Brady, who's going to bulldoze you and force you into his grappling world. But like Jake Matthews survived quite a long time that way. And I think, you know, obviously I, I don't think that's a problem here against Jeremiah Wells. In fact, I think he's got the advantage here and will do a little of that himself. So I like Jake Matthews here. I say Jake Matthews probably gets this done. Uh, I'm not going to say within the distance because he doesn't have a lot of finishes. I'll go with a decision uh, yet again here. Jake Matthews by decision, the official pick. And that's going to do it for the end of our second round. I'll take a quick break, and I'll be right back with round number three. All right, guys, the other thing that I really love about the All-Star app is their news feed. If you're the type of person who gets your sports news from social media, you got to stop doing that and start reading the All-Star app because they use a proprietary algorithm that brings you only the highest quality of sports news, and you can personalize that feed so that you only get the sports news that you really care about. And you get it all nice, neat, one spot for free, ad-free. And if this sounds like something you'd like, which I think it is, go download the All-Star app in either the Google Play Store, the App Store, or by visiting the theallstar.io. Alright, and we are back with round number three. I'm going to put another five minutes on the clock. And we're going to start this round by talking about Shogun Shumagulov versus Manal Kapp. So Shumagulov opened the UFC coming into his last fight. He then picked up a much-needed win over Jerome Rivera. That was by standing guillotine choke after kind of stinging him on the feet. Manel Cap, this thing, 0-2 in the UFC with losses to Alexandre Pantoja and Matthews Nicolau. Of course, no shame in either of those. Followed that up with a flying knee knockout over Ode Osborne, you know, maybe to save his career there. So the real question for me coming into this fight is which version of Manel Cap shows up. Because if we see the one who is in Ryzen... I think he's he's way better here than Zhalgazun Magulov. I think he's actually better than a lot of flyweights, maybe the majority of the flyweights in the UFC right now, and maybe even in the world. I think very highly of him. The question is, is just whether or not he comes forward with that same level of intent that we know he needs in order to get it done. Um, twice he's lost in the UFC by just kind of not having enough faith in himself or not moving forward enough. I think he's going to have an easier time doing that against Sumagulov, who is a guy who kind of forces the action a bit. We saw him do that with Jerome Rivera, and it worked out for him. Um, He's also a guy who comes in with kind of a dumb game plan sometimes. He shot 11 takedowns in one of his previous fights when I think he probably would have done fine on the feed if he had just swung a little bit more with uh, Amir Albazi. So uh, I'm going to say Cop gets it done here with the hands. I'm going to say let's let's return him back to a knockout because, hey, he's got big, powerful hands. If Zubagulov is going to stand and trade with him, I like his chances of getting the finish. So I'm going to go with Manal Cap here by TKO. Um, and that brings me to my next fight, which is Maki Pitolo versus Dushko Todorovic. So Pitolo has actually lost three in a row. He's lost to Darren Stewart, Impa Kasangane, uh, Julian Martinez, 
or Marquez rather, not Martinez. Marquez, two of those by submission with only the other loss being to Imka Sangane by decision. Dusko Todorovic had not have a nice run of it himself. He's 0-2 in his last two with losses to Punaheli Soriano. Gregory Rodriguez, who he fought on short notice when, get this, he was supposed to fight Maki Pitolo. So the interesting thing for me in this one, Pitolo's like new obsession with grappling. He seems to want to get everybody down and... You know, as I mentioned, he's lost twice that way uh, by getting submitted, including by Julian Marquez, who's, I don't know, I don't think of him as a particularly strong or impressive grappler. So my question here is, is grappling Dushko Todorovic the right move? I think it is, but it, can he be successful in doing so is a whole nother question. Dushko Todorovic, particularly a good defensive grappler, um, likes to put people up against the cage himself. Uh, he's also a very sound defensive striker. Um, his, his striking offense has kind of taken a hit since he's come to the UFC. Doesn't throw a lot of punches, likes to counter, doesn't lead the dance. I, I think that could probably work here too because, again, Maki Pitolo is a guy who rushes forward whether he's shooting the takedown or whether he's throwing his patented coconut bombs. So I'm I'm slightly going to lead with Dusko Todorovic here. I, I do want to say this is a fight I don't like betting at all because – Dushko Todorovic, I'm not really high enough on him that I'm like all in on betting him. I, I think his last two performances have been kind of lackluster. Maki Pitolo's lost three in a row. There, there's no reason to get real gung-ho about betting him here. Um, both the odds kind of close. You know, I, I see uh, Dushko is just a slight favorite here. I've seen him anywhere between negative 140, negative 120. I'm still staying away from me here. I, I'm fading both of these guys and just ignoring this fight, but... Uh, gun to my head pick here. I'll take Dushko Todorovic when uh, Maki Pitolo just extends himself a little too far here. Uh, and that brings me to my last prelim fight, which is Alex Morano versus Mickey Gall. So Morano, two fighting streak after losing to Sergio Pettis. He's beaten Donald Cerrone and David Zawada. Cerrone, he actually knocked out. Mickey Gall, meanwhile, has alternated wins and losses for his last seven fights. Uh, the last fight was a victory over Jordan Williams, where he got a rear naked choke. Um, looked really good in the grappling department in that fight. Looked like he had some very polished boxing. The question for me is just like, can Mickey Gall grapple Alex Morano and look good doing it? Because if you look at his fights, pretty much, you know, I mean, you could look at literally every pro fight he's ever had. He's either outgrappled the guy or lost. Wasn't able to outgrapple Randy Brown, Diego Sanchez, or Mike Perry. Lost all of those fights. He's got submissions in every single other fight except for against Salim Tuahari, who he, he decisioned with some good grappling. So... I'm going to say I don't think he can grapple Alex Morano. The guy's a second-degree black belt under Draculino. I think he controls the, the grappling portion of this game, forces Mickey Gall to strike. I don't think Mickey Gall's striking is polished enough and he's made enough gains in that department to really give any trouble to Alex Morano. I think Morano should have no problem working his way through the striking of Mickey Gall, stuffing any takedowns he needs to, and, hey, maybe getting a little grappling of his own going because, actually... I think he's probably good enough to do that here. So the official pick, Alex Morano here. I'll take him by TKO. I think he gets uh, Mickey Gall down and beats the hell out of him. Uh, and that's if he doesn't tag him on the feet before that. And that's going to do it for the end of my third round. I thank you guys for hanging with me for the whole 15 minutes. I know uh, sometimes it's maybe not fun to hear somebody podcast all by themselves. But I promise you, I will be back with another phenomenal guest next week. And until then, you can check me out on Twitter at Gumby Vreeland. You should also check out the Top Turtle MMA podcast, which has got interviews with Claudio Puelish and Alex Morano this week. Really great episodes. And also, you can check out all of the writing over on the theallstar.io. I've got a whole bunch of good stuff going on over there, so make sure you check that out. And until next week, I'm Daniel Gumby Vreeland, 
and I will see you then.